Welcome to the Diaper Report. Alright, let's jump into our weekly update. First of all, Amelia has broken her second tooth through and my wife was successfully able to capture a picture of her tooth. This is a huge deal because well, it's just it's fun, it's exciting. We're, we're cataloging our child as she goes through these steps and processes. Um, I'll make her sound like a student. Mainly just we're excited to see her make progress in what she's doing. It's very exciting. Alright, secondly, this week, I just feel like it's been a long week. Anybody else just having a long week when it comes to getting near Christmas and preparing for Christmas and all that? I don't know, this week at work for me just felt like it really dragged. I don't really have much else for this week's weekly update off the top of my head. Um, just stay strong out there, you guys. If you're an educator listening to this, next week's going to be an even longer one. I'm praying for you. Pray for me. All the things. We're all in this together. Uh, if you're not, if you're any other kind of career out there, I'm sure your week will be long as well. It just seems to be part of life. Let's jump into our dad joke of the week. This week's dad joke is presented and given to us by listener Daniel Aristazabal. Arista, we just call him Daniel A. Actually, he'll be on the podcast in the new year. Uh, he is one of my planned uh, recordings. He's a good friend of mine, so I'm very grateful for his support. He's actually starting his own podcast here podcast here in the near future, um, which I will hopefully have the honor. We've talked a little bit about me being on it, so stay tuned for more information on that. All right, here's what Daniel's dad joke is. What did the fish stick's wife say after he called her beautiful? Well, I'm battered, hon. All right, if you have to explain that one to your kids, I totally get it, and I felt like the accent was absolutely appropriate for that. We're going to jump into this week's episode. Please forgive me for some of the audio. I'm still working out this whole microphone setup thing and editing. Again, I'm not an audio wizard. Um, but thank you again for all your support. We have over 100 plays now on the podcast. This week's episode is very special, and you'll hear why in a few minutes. Again, if to connect with us better, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. Just search The Diaper Report. We're on pretty much every podcast streaming platform. Please share with your friends. Please comment. Please DM us dad jokes. Let's grow this thing together. All right, and now on with the show. And joining me on this episode, I have a very special guest, probably the most special of the guests that will ever be on here, currently visiting with my family up in Georgia, where it's unbearably cold for those of us that are slowly becoming Floridians. I have my mother, Janelle Torres. Hi, Mom. Hi, son. How are you? I'm good. I'm not as cold as you. I'm cold. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we're very excited. So let's go ahead and jump into this because we do have places to be on this recording. We're actually celebrating Megan's birthday, Yay. even though it's not coming out on her birthday. But if you're listening to this, feel free to backtrack and wish her a happy birthday. Her episode is actually episode number two. All right. I have to start because I feel like there's no other way to start when you're interviewing your own mother. Then what is the most... I'm going to say innocent, because I feel like there's probably some non-innocent, but most innocent but embarrassing memory that you have of me. Yeah, innocent's a good way to start with that, because, uh, of course, the, the one that I remember is one we really can't speak about in public, but... Not even sure I remember that one, but okay. That's okay, we can talk all okay. later. No, um, gee, that's a tough one. You boys were all so close together, and you being the firstborn... You were very 
easy when you were awake and happy. You just had a hard time sleeping. So let me think about embarrassing. I would probably have to say the cutest one, in a sense, was since I took you guys everywhere with me. Was it Kmart, Walmart, one of those trips we took? There was a lady that we tended to get as our checkout, and she had, I don't know how to describe it, really large arms. Uh-oh. But the skin folded. Oh, Do no. Do you remember? No, I don't. Okay. Was this in Georgia or was this back in Tennessee? No, it's in Georgia. Okay. And I think it was you who looked at her and said, what happened to your arms? And I went, oh, no. <laughs> Um, because it looked like she had lost weight very quickly. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the skin just kind of folded and she just looked at you and Brennan goes, yeah, (laughs) but she just looked at you and said, my muscles have fallen. That's what happens when you get older. Oh, and you went, okay. And I was like, oh, good. Because (laughs) those are the moments as a mom, you think they could get mad at your kid. You have to sit there and reprimand them or what are you going to do in this moment? And I love older adults who've either raise kids or been around kids enough to go whatever their particular issue is it's the kids just being honest and they don't really need great detail they just want to hear well my muscles have fallen that's what happens that's that's amazing i do not remember nope remember saying some very blunt things as a child Mm. but i do not remember that one (laughs) and yes as a school teacher i have noticed that kids are very direct and very honest all right you're now a grandma. Thank you. You're welcome. We love you. You're probably the coolest looking grandma ever. Mm. Most awesomest of the grandmas. But how do you feel? How's that transition been going from I'm a mom to now I am a grandma. My son has, in more or less words, grown up. Don't don't fall for the lie. I'm not that grown up. But don't fall for the lie. Don't, don't fall for the lie. Grandma. I'm still a child on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you, how has that gone? How are you feeling? What are the emotions you're you're wrestling through? If wrestling is even the right word, or embracing? Well, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So we're in the journey. I I love it. Um, I think the hardest time was when you guys probably first announced it. It hit me very hard because I did not feel prepared to be a grandma wasn't that I didn't want to be one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It didn't mean that I didn't think you guys would make great parents. It was just, I didn't feel like I had reached the Grandma maturity status. level. Yes. And I wrestled with that probably for two weeks. Um, and it wasn't a bad wrestle. It was just, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. What, what am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to be with this? And then I remembered how old my mom was when I made her grandma with you and she was younger than me and I went oh well okay it's fine (laughs) so it's it's just um the more time we get with you the more time we get with Amelia the more I feel like it is really not something you prepare yourself for you just go with it as it comes and I I have relived many of your earlier days being around her but I also get more of an understanding and awareness of how much you have grown and developed as a man. So it's a really, it's a big thing. It's it's a big good thing. That's awesome. That's cool. I'm still struggling with the, I don't know if struggle's the right word, but I'm still, there are days, Megan and I joke about it, there are days where we, we look at each other in the morning and we're like, um, so we made a child mm-hmm. and we still feel like we're too young to have done this. Mm-hmm. And there are other days where like, we would never trade this for the world. Mm-hmm. Never once would we trade it. So we love it. Thank you. Um, all right. 
So a little bit of our story is that throughout at least my high school years from my brothers, they were a touch younger. Um, you raised us as a single mother. And for any single mothers listening out there, you guys are all superheroes. Uh, Megan and I both time, many, many times as we have are co-parenting only a six month old are like, how do single parents do any of this? And then there are days where I'm like, how do single parents raise twins? Now you're not, thankfully you did not raise twins, but that's just for those of you who are twin parents out there. Oh my goodness. You got, God has blessed you with something that I don't have, but you did raise us pretty much through my high school years by yourself. Um, and this might be a, a tougher question. Tears are welcome. Though I don't think I see tissues around here. Ed did not leave you prepared. Um, are there any areas that you're willing to share where you wish we did have a father involved or more involved? And then because of your lens into that, what would you tell fathers who are listening? And even myself as eventually my child hits her teenage years, God bless us. Um, what would you tell fathers to lean into and things to look out for advice essentially um, during those years, whether it's the high school years, even kind of the middle school, high school transition? Okay. I'm going to try to answer that. Sorry. As best I can. <laughs> so obviously it goes without saying, yes, I wish you had a father involved. Um, I wish we had been able to be a family unit that I believe that's God's design. Um, that said, things happen. So, I do think that in a situation of a single mom, um, there's a lot of overwhelming feelings, extra pressure to be both parents. I, I always wanted to be as much of both as I could without taking over the side that I could not be. Mm-hmm. So I, I consciously surrounded you boys with men who could speak into your lives in a manly example type way. I feel like I did a good job with that, but I can't, I can only do, I only did what I knew was best to do. Whatever you guys were able to take from that, but you had some pretty solid role models. Sure. I remember us being very um, connected with our church, the youth groups. And I remember having very specific conversations with the youth group men saying they don't need a dad. They have one. And that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, But they need men that are consistent, speak honest and truth into their lives and give them that sense of identity as men or growing men that I cannot give them. But at home, my responsibility laid to being the one that gave you not only the mothering care and love, support, but provide the sense of security and protection that often comes from the man. So I wanted to give you that well-rounded, knowing though that I, I may not be able to provide that because I, I'm just a mom. So I feel like I was very blessed to be in a very good place with where we were and who God provided into our lives. Was it perfect? No. Did you guys always get what you needed or wanted? Probably not. Um, you and I can talk in circles on on the times that it did not happen well or go well or be. Sure. But that's a lot of its life, and we can talk through it, and we can, you and I, or even the others, could sit down and go, okay, where did we miss with this, or where did it hit wrong with us, and how can we do better? How can we learn? Always try to make something a learning experience instead of a, a, mm-hmm. point, of, a point of disappointment where 
you're stuck with feelings that that could harm you. Um, hurts may come, but harm doesn't really have to. Just try to avoid the harm. Um, so speaking to other fathers, other men, I don't know if I'm capable or qualified to do that, but I do know that I don't think we would be where we are without the men that had stepped into our lives. So I think it's harder for men. Um, I don't know if they're as wired because women are not wired to nurture. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a sense of nurturing that men can provide. They just may or may not be aware of it. But I would just say don't hesitate to step in. If you see a mom who's a single mom and she's got kids, or boys especially, it doesn't hurt to put an arm around them and say, hey, bud, what's up? Or um, do something with them. We had guys that would come take you guys to activities. Oh, yeah. No, I and, remember Jeff Schrock and John Hole and you know, there's Pastor Sean and all these guys who, um, I don't know, for me, I, I do have that heartbeat for kids and that I would probably give the credit even though I don't talk to them like I, I used to mm-hmm. to those guys because they right. did even when Brennan tried to kill us in John Hole's car because it was a stick shift and he liked to put it in neutral you're going 45 down you know Main Street but that's cool Uncle Brennan if you're listening to this yes I still remember that and we'll never let that go <laughs> and John Hole was an amazing man to have been a young father himself but already be able to step into taking on boys that were in the most pivotal growing years of their lives and allow things like that without freaking out. Most people just freak out. And I think the key point is you just don't freak out. They're just, Roll you guys are in transition between young kids and men. And they just need someone who can weather all of that. <laughs> roll with the chaos. Just roll with it. But also speak in truth that can root deeply in them that, that they can lean on when they become those young men and have influence toward others. So I don't know if that answers all of it, but that's that's all I have to say about that. I will take it. I like all that you can say about that. Okay. Now, for moms that are out there listening and wondering how to either get their husbands involved, because you do have sometimes the... And that's kind of... And I'm probably not qualified to talk to any of this because I'm just that crazy guy who decided to start a parenting podcast with a six-month-old. But I do know there are family units out there where... Dad goes off and does all the work, comes home. He really doesn't want to see many people because he's trying to decompress. And then mom is stuck with all the parenting. And then there's that kind of kind of icy cold situation. Um, or he's a little bit involved. And maybe there's moms that are running like, how do I get him more involved? Or even just continue to support involvement that is already happening. Some dads are great. Some, you know, some fathers are already involved. Um, what advice do you have for moms then, moms and wives who are wondering, kind of in those three buckets, getting them involved more involvement or supporting involvement as it were? What's the advice or even just advice you have for moms that are out there listening? Hopefully that made sense. Oh, I think so. I just have to, I think the, the biggest thing that most young moms could learn from that I didn't learn until later. And my mom would probably say the same thing is communication is really important. But then when I look back to my young mom years, there was so much going on. It's really hard to articulate what a need is because you're already juggling so much and most of it for a woman is internal mm-hmm. and men are not wired that way. No. But we are all, I think, as humans predisposed to thinking that the people we're surrounded with are people who are like-minded and that is actually not the case. And so part of growing together as a family, growing together as a husband and wife, 
growing together any type of relationship is having an understanding that communication is how you learn each other but you may end up at the end of the day realizing that you think differently about certain topics and so it's how to find the balance within them but the thing that i think was one of my biggest drawbacks was the level of expectation i placed and if people cannot put an expectation on the other person then I think you are going to be further ahead in finding a balance that works for all of you. If a young mom's had a, a hard day and the expectation is that the husband's going to walk in and see instantly what she's been through, mm -hmm. that's failure waiting to happen. Mm. If a husband thinks he know, has an expectation that the wife is just going to say, I need you to do this now, then there's an expectation that if she doesn't say it, then she doesn't need anything. And that will also be not true. <laughs> Um, men and women are wired differently. So I think expectation, just the level of expectation that people put on others in any realm of relationship can be a real winner or loser in the game and how things go down. But communicating with your spouse, giving a lot of grace, understanding that somebody's day looks different than somebody else's and they may or may not be able to articulate that depending on how they work through and process things. That's good. Expectation, communication. I know Megan and I are still working through a lot of that. And to any young couples or people who are in premarital counseling out there, please talk through all your expectations ahead of time and then continue talking about expectations afterward. Because new ones will form. Oh, yes. Um, new <laughs> ones develop after your your level of relationship changes. Whatever level you go to next, it it breeds a new recipe. You're putting in more ingredients, which is going to create a new recipe for something. So, um, and never underestimate the value of a good nap. I do love a good nap. I think that's very healthy for everyone. But honestly, if you're feeling just stressed out, overworked, underwhelmed, overwhelmed, or whatever, it just take five minutes, take 15. I, I am very good at a cat nap. It works for me. It doesn't work for others. And I had to by default become good at the cat nap because that's not my natural bent. My natural bent is lots of sleep. Yes, I'll take an hour and a half nap and then I'm very grumpy afterward. Yes, but if I can just reset, go upstairs, go into my room, close the door, and close my eyes for 15 minutes, I continue, that will generally take whatever I call the edge off mm. of whatever I'm feeling, enough so that even my brain can process what am I feeling, what am I thinking, where am I, where do I feel like I'm failing, failing or where do I ex think that someone else is failing me and sometimes just being able to identify those things it can put it in a better frame of reference where maybe someone isn't failing you you just have an expectation that's too high or maybe you're not failing yourself you're putting an expectation on yourself that's too much yeah or maybe you just need to sit down and say you know what as it turns out this doesn't need to be done today or I do need help with that and I haven't asked for it out of any other number of reasons and identify just identify what it is and then try to talk through it yeah, with the expectation that every time you've mentioned that, I there's a pastor that I was following, and I don't remember who this, what, which pastor of the many pastors that I tend to keep up with that said this, but in one of his sermons, he, he talked about how um, frustration is usually an indicator of an unmet expectation, because yes. he was talking about within the frame of like relationship or some kind of um, communication between two people. So even even at the, even in the home, when you're frustrated and you can see it, you know, the classic, I'm fine. No, you're not. Um, but yes. So frustration, expectations. I hear a little bit of this, like this idea of 
if you let go of your expectations, but there's a little flexibility and fluidity to kind of step in, taking a nap. That's all great advice. We do love. I mean, there's many times that Megan's like, I just need a nap. Please mm-hmm. come home. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, as soon as I get off of work, I'm on my way. And usually I'll just end up napping with Amelia on the couch where, again, we're very blessed with our kid. All right. Let's, we need to start wrapping this up because we're actually going to go take Amelia and Megan and go look at fishes and mm-hmm. sharks and yes. all kinds of fun aquatic things. But I want to ask a few things. One of the big things, one of our big kind of communic communicative love languages growing up is movie quotes yes we uh, i think everything has a response and a movie quote somewhere i do it all the time and megan looks at me and she's like i don't get it and i'm like sorry it's princess bride mm-hmm. um i'm training her don't worry she just she just knows how to work in disney quotes mm-hmm. and i don't quite get the disney quotes but i got every other movie quote now all right what is your if you had to have one favorite oh. i know it's so hard <laughs> i'm sure if i had to ask uncle jeremy you'd have one but one favorite movie quote of all time. If you had to have one big movie quote, what would it be? That is a difficult one because it depends. There's a quote for every situation, see? Absolutely. But I think if I had to bring it down to one, I would probably, it's, it would probably surprise you. But it honestly is from my favorite romantic comedy movie. Don't e- say The Notebook. Ever After. No, The oh, Notebook Ever is great. my least favorite okay. romantic movie. Good. Everybody, anyone that knows me knows that I won't watch that movie. I have still yet to see The Notebook. Okay. Megan's still trying to get me to do it. <laughs> um, Ever After is my favorite. And it's a two-line, two-word line. It's Just Breathe. Mm. When she's standing up there looking at the crowd. Anyway, that's my line because I have found that that actually is what, and you guys would probably, if you think about it, you're probably used to me saying that. Well, we've heard it a lot. Yes. Just Breathe. And, and that if you panic, you die. It's Those are the big manic, two that I've heard. It's me reminding myself, me reminding myself in a situation, just breathe. Because you can't get to the next step, no matter where you are, if you don't breathe. So, yeah, probably. Just breathe. And, of course, anything from The Gladiator. Oh, <laughs> such a good movie. What you do in this life will, oh, what's the word? Will affect you in the next one? Yes. I don't remember. Yeah. Brennan and I were talking about getting that tattooed as matching brother tattoos. Mm-hmm. Along now with the Atlanta A because we're world champions. So Right. That one will go on our thighs. That way, you know, we don't set certain family members off on a, on a tizzy. <laughs> well, we're going to run. Thank you for being on here. Thank You're you welcome. for your time. Hopefully we'll get to have you back and full of more wisdom and maybe less serious conversation. <laughs> I think because we had to kind of cram it in here, we kind of got right to the meat of it. But there's... There's lots of fun things with you, whether it's trips we've taken across country, movies we've seen, movie binges we've done, including exercises to go with them. Yes. So definitely have to have you back and talk through some kind of our upbringing and the things that I do remember. And you'll probably remember me of things that I don't remember because that tends to be a a habit with me. Um, Thank you for being on here. I love you. I'm excited to spend the rest of today with you. For those of you listening, we love you. I hope your diaper stays clean. I hope it stays dry. (laughs) And we'll see you next time.